Okay, so before I get into why my full-blown meltdown will educate all of us on how to better like our lives and recover faster from full-blown meltdowns, I have a really cool announcement I have to tell you. I will be teaching my Get Out of Your Own Way workshop at the CEO Yeah Palm Springs 2020 retreat. I'm so fucking excited. (laughs) So I was at the Hawaii CEO Yeah retreat and the Joshua Tree one. We're now doing one in April, April 5th through 9th, 2020 in Palm Springs. And when I say we, I'm talking about my friend, Steph Gilbert, who is the founder of CEO Yeah and of the social media CEO. Steph helps women build thriving social media businesses and CEO Yeah is an IRL retreat for online business owners of any, any field. So whether you're in social media or not, she leads these incredible workshops, finds this ridiculously gorgeous drool-worthy Airbnb location in a beautiful place. And we get one-on-one time helping people scale their businesses and get out of their own way. And I love it. I love it so much. It's five days and four nights at a private micro hotel in Palm Springs. All meals and snacks and beverages are provided while on the property. There are three business building workshops. And keep in mind that Steph has scaled her business to six figures. She is a badass and you want to learn about her business building workshops. And you definitely want my get out of your own way workshop because I'm proud of it and it has changed my life. Hi, future Alexis here jumping in to say, past me forgot to brag, it's changed other people's lives. One of my clients that attended this workshop over a year ago has literally made something impossible happen in her life. And it all started with that workshop. You get brand new headshots. There's also nightly poolside chats. There is a trip to the Morton Botanical Gardens planned and a ride on the Palm Springs aerial tramway, which is so gorgeous. That view is crazy. There's also more amazing things. I just, I just need you to know that it's awesome. So if you are a female identifying business owner who wants to scale your business, learn how to work without sabotaging your goals and take a really killer tax deductible vacation in Palm Springs, April 5th through 9th, then you want to book immediately because three spots have already sold out and they're very limited spots for this trip. If you want more details, go to www.yeah.ceo. I can't, I just, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay. Now let's talk about the full freak out I had yesterday and how it's going to change your life today. So yesterday, um, well, I was just brainstorming. Had like a nice start to my work morning. I was laying out a bunch of like post-it notes, note cards across my desk because I love to do that. That's like the most efficient way for me to brainstorm when I have a big project or something coming up. It's how I formed the outline for Find Your Fuck Yeah. And I figured that it would help me because over the last couple of weeks, I've been starting and stopping this big brainstorm for how I want to spend 
my creative time next year. So I was essentially looking into 2020 being like, okay, how am I going to make time and build the projects I wanna make? I just kept hitting a wall. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't figure out exactly how I was gonna spend the back half of 2020. I couldn't predict the future. Now, as I'm saying that, you hear how ridiculous that is, right? Why would anyone be able to predict the future? Nobody can predict the future. So it's kind of funny that like, I thought that I would have my whole year <laughs> sorted out after just, you know, one quick brainstorm. I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, and now thinking about how much I'm not cut out for this, how there's just no reason why I should be allowed to be in business for myself, why I should be a freelance writer, why I should be speaking and leading workshops, teaching people about how their brain works so they can make impossible things happen. Because look at me, I can't even finish this calendar plan, oh boy. Wow, that's, uh, wow. So the emotional meltdown starts to happen. And now I can't see straight. I can't think clearly. I can't even like pause the brainstorm and switch gears to, okay, maybe I'll do another task. Can't even do that. It just becomes full meltdown. Now, I did a couple things right after this meltdown and I did a couple things wrong. And I'm gonna tell you both sides of those things today so that you can save yourself headache and pain and trial and error because that's what I do. I help you figure out how to like being alive. Here's what I got wrong. I completely forgot. There is a right and wrong time to attempt to set goals or to, to do a creative brainstorm or to dream big. We typically use the calendar to tell us when it's the right time to plan goals, right? End of the year or on our birthday because we're reflecting on how another year has passed or at the end of the academic school year, we're thinking about the following year or at the end of the quarter, we plan business goals, or at the beginning of a year like January, we set resolutions, or at the end of this year, we think about our past year and what we wanna do next. Is anyone else being like fully attacked by information on social media telling you that it's almost a new decade and you really need to think about your goals and what you've accomplished because, oh my God, I'm so tired of it. In any case, the calendar is how we typically set goals, but we should actually be setting goals based on the circumstances and state that our brain is in. Goal setting takes creativity, right? Yeah, it takes creativity because you have to access part of your prefrontal cortex so that you can envision the future, think about the kind of future you wanna create, and then make plans to get there. It's complicated and it requires creativity. But our brains are constantly taking an inventory of our circumstances to make sure that we're safe, that we're in a stable situation, we feel good. If recently your life changed in some kind of a dramatic way, then that stability has been shaken up. And your subconscious mind, which is always running in the background on autopilot, that's why I like to call it autopilot brain, your subconscious mind is looking for evidence that things are going right or things are going wrong. And if you just went through a bunch of changes in your life, then your subconscious mind is not going to agree to make more changes because guess what goals are? Guaranteed change. They are plans to make a change. And change, even if you want it, is unsettling. So when we decide to use the calendar to tell us it's time to set goals and we completely ignore our state of mind, the circumstances of our life, then we're at high risk of setting a bunch of goals that we'll never fulfill or trying to be creative and getting a massive creative block like I went through yesterday. 
I completely forgot that my whole year, all of 2019, has been a series of experiments. I have massively changed my life in the last year. My book, Find Your Fuck Yeah, came out in the fall, and I'm a first-time writer. Learning how to write and edit and draft a manuscript was brand new. I launched my business officially this year. I started coaching this year and helping people figure out how to make impossible things happen using psychology. That's brand new. My whole life and the kind of income that I make has been experimental. It makes perfect sense that I would experience a massive creative block yesterday because I forgot to, to pay attention to the fact that my subconscious mind is craving stability financially, emotionally, with my schedule, with my projects. So it's looking for stability, which means it's not going to sign on to create some new goals that will inevitably create more change. It wants calm and routine, and, and by trying to plan something really, really far out in an entire year in advance, not something my brain wanted to sign on to do. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Just because it's the calendar time of year when lots of other people seem to be successfully goal setting doesn't mean it'll work for you. Think about it this way. One of your friends, for some reason, has managed to plan out the entirety of their goals for 2020 and has already done this beautiful emotional reflection on what they accomplished in 2019. They probably have dramatically different life circumstances than you do. People can be creative and forward-thinking when they're in a place of calm and stability. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't reflect on your year or try to set some new goals or resolutions if that's what's important to you, but just be kind to yourself. If you find yourself creatively blocked or stuck, that block is probably just you getting in your own way to protect you from creating more instability and unnecessary stress in your life. So lesson number one that you can learn from my meltdown yesterday don't try to plan and creatively brainstorm and set goals if you haven't checked in on your headspace. If you have gone through a bunch of changes in your life in the last few weeks or in the last year, whether they were changes you volunteered to make happen or they happened to you, don't beat yourself up if you have a hard time setting new goals or making future plans. That's totally normal. It's human. And the best thing you can do in that state of mind is to focus on what's in front of you. Don't beat yourself up for not having lofty goals for the next year. You will reach a point of mental stability and calm once again, and you'll get bored. And that boredom will be a sign that it's time for you to get creative, to brainstorm, and to set some really epic goals. They just might not happen exactly on January 1st or on your birthday or at the end of the school year or at the end of the quarter. Cool? Cool. So like I said, yesterday during my meltdown and creative block, I completely forgot that this was right on schedule because I was in the wrong headspace to be trying to plan the entirety of 2020. Here's the other reason, though, that it was right on schedule. This is exactly what my brain has evolved to do and what your brain has evolved to do, to emotionally overreact to certain information to try to keep us safe. But I forgot all of that yesterday. <laughs> in fact, I forgot everything that I know about emotions and what's going on in my brain when I'm having a freakout. And I couldn't remember until today. So I'm going to tell you what's going on in your brain when you are really freaked out, anxious, worried, upset, frustrated with yourself, basically any kind of a negative emotion cloud that you're in. I'm going to explain what's going on in your brain and then tell you three steps you can take to get out of it using a couple strategies based in positive psychology research that have actually worked for lots of people, including myself, which is why I'm not in a terrible mood today. Here's what you need to know. All emotions good or bad, all of them, are temporary, like extremely temporary. 
An emotion is like a match. It's like lighting a match. It's a little flame. It flares up. Sometimes it's immediate and then it just dies out. Other times it will flare up and then burn down the whole length of the match. But the whole thing takes like a couple seconds. An emotion is a fleeting spark. It's a quick feeling that has the power to do destruction or warm you up, but it's only just a couple seconds. The fire is going to go out shortly unless you do something with the fire. Moods are when you've done something with the fire. Moods are like when you take that lit match because it's really dark in your brain and you can't really understand why you're feeling the way you do. So you lean in closer with that match to look at something and oops, you just set something on fire with the match. Shit moods derail us from our normal activities like answering emails or focusing on the task at hand because moods, especially shit moods, are slow burn versions of fight or flight. You can only care about one thing when you're in fight or flight. It's like a laser pinpoint focus on that thing. And usually that thing that it's focused on is danger. It's like, okay, if someone's running at me with a knife, that is the one thing I care about right now. Get away from that thing. It becomes laser focused on one activity to keep you alive. This is still going on if you're in a slow burn fight or flight reaction, which is like a negative mood. So let's go back to my example yesterday to explain all this. I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling uninspired and kind of foggy about my business plan for next year, for 2020. And that pisses me off, right? That's the spark being lit of the emotion. So now I'm angry. Now there is a match of anger burning in my brain. I start to take that anger match and I lean in a little closer because I don't know why I'm so angry and unmotivated and uninspired and foggy and everything else. And my brain demands an explanation because it wants to find evidence to prove that this anger, this mood, this unmotivated, pissed off mood is justified. And its only explanation it could find is that I'm to blame because no one did anything to me to cause me these moods. It must be me. I am at fault. So now I have a candle of self-loathing burning slow and steady. My brain is just trying to protect me from dying. Keep in mind. But it's using this millennia old technique that worked for reacting to like, you know, saber toothed tigers lunging out of the bushes at my ancient ancestors. But I'm reacting to, I don't know, not having a full project calendar for 2020. <laughs> so basically, when you and I try to study an emotion we're feeling to explain it, because we don't know why we're in this weird mood or why we're feeling this way, we are fanning the flame of this emotion. And our brain will invent new stories to explain why we feel the way that we do. And then that story will always make us feel worse. Now we get to the part where I can tell you what we can do to get out of these shit moods and the self-loathing thoughts that can attack us during these moods. And I'm going to explain what I did right yesterday. <laughs> okay, I've been talking so long that I need to actually microwave my coffee. Do you guys do this? Do you microwave your coffee? <laughs> When I was um, a merchandiser like 10 years ago and running the Melrose store uh, for Urban Outfitters in Los Angeles, I used to lose my coffee every single morning. A sales associate would tell me they found my coffee. I'd run and get it and then I'd go microwave it. <laughs> Eventually, I got myself a thermos so that I didn't have to keep reheating my coffee. But does anyone else find that gross? I don't know. I just don't want to drink like lukewarm coffee. I probably need one of those like self-warming cups. Anyways. Oh my God. So yesterday, what I did right, what you can do right. When you're in the slow burn fight or flight reaction, which is derailing your ability to focus 
And it's also keeping you in a loop pattern of negative thoughts that are either about how horrible your life is or about how shitty you are. What you need to do is to change the subject for your brain by changing your environment first. This is really important. It has to come first because if you do it, the other steps out of order, it won't work as well. So I changed the subject for my brain yesterday by deciding to literally stop work, leave the house, and take myself to a movie. Future Alexis here, jumping in to say, you might have heard me talk about changing the subject for your brain on a recent voicemail that I left you. It was episode 18. And yes, I do realize that it is a privilege of being a self-employed person that I could stop work in the middle of a day, leave the house, and take myself to the movies. Totally get that. Just to be clear, you do not have to do something that time-consuming to change the subject for your brain. What we're really talking about here is changing your environment, and that only requires a few minutes of your time, not necessarily an entire action movie on a Monday. Cool? If, for example, you're having your shit mood meltdown and you're at work staring at a computer, you can't finish this email, you can't think of the next thing you should do for the project, you're having a creative block and you're frustrated, Changing the subject for your brain is not going to be stopping the project you're doing and just doing some like online shopping for a little while, or maybe you're not looking at your computer screen anymore, but now you're scrolling on Instagram or Twitter. That's not a dramatic enough shift in your environment because that's still, from a sensory data perspective, feels the same to your brain. If this shit mood was triggered by thoughts at computer, on the internet, and in this environment, then just looking at other stuff on the internet will only distract you temporarily. You need to actually like change what you're seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, the whole deal. That's why I recommend to get up, leave the office, and walk somewhere. Now, maybe you can make an errand out of it. Maybe you can take your 10 minute break. Maybe you can take your lunch early. I don't know. The point is just, it needs to be dramatically different for your senses. The other thing that's important is that the thing that your brain is doing needs to be dramatically different. So for example, my meltdown yesterday, I could have left the house and gone for a long walk. That wouldn't have worked because I would have been walking and thinking. So I would have been walking and like ruminating over basically the same stuff I was ruminating over in my kitchen, just now I'm walking. Maybe if I had decided to go for a walk and listen to an educational podcast where my brain is engaged learning about something new, that's fine. So step one. Change the subject and environment for your brain and engage it in something that is dramatically different than whatever you were just doing. It doesn't have to be very long, but it needs to be dramatic. Number two, reach out to a friend, ask for help. Just tell them that you're having a shit day, that you just need some quick encouragement and a reminder that you're gonna be okay. This is because you're more likely to believe someone else telling you that you're not a piece of garbage than believing yourself, trying to tell yourself you're not a piece of garbage when the other half of your brain is busy telling you you're a piece of garbage. It helps to have someone else involved. Now this has to come second, because if you do it before you change the subject for your brain, you're more likely to go into full vent mode, which can only stoke the flames of your freak out further. So in my example, my partner was home from work and working on his own thing. So I went in after I had made this decision that I was gonna to go to the movies by myself and told him I was having a full meltdown. I was like, hi, I think I'm trash today. I feel like garbage, I feel like a failure. I know that this will pass, but I need some encouragement just really quick 
because I need you to know I'm not okay. And I'm going to do everything I can to go be okay because I know my feelings will pass. And as always, he was supportive and thoughtful and was like, hi, you're not a failure. You're doing a great job. This is complicated. And the answers you need for the plans and the things you want to make will come soon. You just need to take a break. Just give, cut yourself some slack. You work really hard. I'm really proud of you. All the kinds of things you want your partner to say. This would be just as effective if you were reaching out to your friend or someone in your family, whatever. The key is don't just do all of your meltdown by yourself 100% of the time. Finally, the third step. Is to rehearse a new mood. You were just rehearsing a negative mood. You don't know you are rehearsing it, but frustration, irritation, disappointment, anxiety, those slow burn negative emotions are rehearsals. You've been looping thoughts in your mind about how you are terrible or how your life goes this way all the time or how no one understands you. Whatever the loop is, you've been rehearsing those thoughts over and over and keeping that flame of self-loathing alive. So change the subject for your brain, ask for help, and then after you've done step one and two, start thinking about things you're thankful for. Why, why are you grateful for it? How does this thing make you feel? The point is to think about the things you can start feeling the warm, fuzzy emotions. Your brain is automatically gonna tell you why it's actually not good and why you're stupid. Ignore this part of your brain. Let your brain have a tantrum. Right now, your brain is high on adrenaline and cortisol from the inner freak out, from the slow burn fight or flight, and it thinks that everything that comes to mind has to be described negatively. It's like putting on shit colored glasses when you're in this state. Everything you think of during this time, your brain's gonna be like, mm, yeah, but see, that's actually a bad thing, and here's why. Try to ignore that part of your brain and try to remember what, why it feels good, why this thing that you're grateful for actually feels good. So for example, yesterday, I was grateful that I've built a job and a life where I could walk away from my home office on a Monday and take myself to the movies. And my brain immediately went, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking nice right now, but we'll see how long this lasts considering that your entire business plan for next year is falling apart and you have no idea what you're doing and everyone knows you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm, yep. But I feel in control of my life knowing that I get to decide my schedule that freedom makes me feel proud. Pride is actually a positive emotion. So that gives me some warm fuzzies. Then I think of the next thing. I'm thankful for my partner who is supportive of me, etc. If emotion is a match and a mood comes from leaning in and lighting fire to some thought process in your brain and focusing on it for a while, there's a positive version of it too. Gratitude is that. Rehearsing a new mood means giving your brain, feeding it the thoughts that will create the good warm fuzzy feelings. Finally, you are enough. You're currently in the middle of telling yourself that yourself, your circumstances, your life, whatever, are not good enough, will not cut it, will not make it, and you are actually enough. Next, you need to remember that this freakout is right on schedule. You have evolved for millennia to react exactly this way, to blow an emotion out of proportion to try to keep you alive. And you know how to handle this emotion because, the next thing to remember, this will pass. Emotions are fleeting, moods are fleeting. So the next time that you find yourself spiraling because of something you said to yourself, some shitty feeling you have about who you are, what you're capable of, a fight you got in with someone, some humiliation at work, whatever it is, just remember you can get out of it faster. If you cut yourself some slack, 
this is right on schedule, this will pass, you are enough, and all you have to do is Start by changing the environment and subject for your brain, reaching out to a friend who loves you, and rehearsing a new mood with gratitude and trying to sit in those feelings until things shift. Yeah? Thanks for listening to my 57th TED Talk. Oh, shit. <laughs> So, uh, future Alexis jumping in here because past Alexis dropped her phone and almost lost this voicemail that she left you. As I was saying, thanks for listening to my 57th TED Talk. I hope it was helpful. I hope my disaster of a mood yesterday is helping you in one way or another. And if you have any suggestions of how you cope with with the random I hate myself my life moods that hit, please let me know because you can call me and leave me a voicemail at 510 510- 394-2104. Call me, leave me a voicemail, give me your suggestions, ask me your questions. I will dive deep into the science pit of the internet and books and research and answer anything that I can find or find an expert who can answer it for you because I love you. So yeah, call me. And by the way, I will be leaving some notes on how to deal with, you know, terrible, shitty moods that last way longer than a day or a week when they become depression, for example, like many of us have experienced. A huge percentage of human beings will experience clinical depression in their lifetime. Most of us will experience non-clinical depression. And I feel like just in case you're in a darker place than just following the three steps I've outlined, you might need some good resources. So they'll be in the show notes. I love you a lot. I hope I get to see you in Palm Springs in April for the CEO Yeah retreat because that would just be amazeballs and I would I would just poop myself with joy. Did you hear me? I would poop myself with joy. Okay. I should really go now. I should leave it on that note, pooping myself with joy. Love you. Call me when you get this. Bye. Start back at one